Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So there's a good question as to what it is. Republicans stand to gain and Republicans stand to lose by voting out uh, Liz Cheney from, from leadership. I mean, one has to ask that question. What's the win and what's the loss? What is it that you stand to gain and what is it that can come back to hurt you? And the one group of people I don't pay attention to in this subject is what the Democrats say. Does it matter? They're going to say whatever it is they can say to create as much havoc as they can. That's what I would do if it was the other way around. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. When uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is clearly the leader of the Democratic Party, don't we say, ooh, poor Nancy. So let's, let's make sure we're perfectly clear. That doesn't matter what Speaker Pelosi says on this subject. But what are Republicans saying on this subject? And what do they think is going to come from it? Larry Bashan joins us right now. Congressman from the 8th District of Indiana. That is the southwest corner of Indiana. Evansville, uh, bordering with Illinois, bordering with uh, Kentucky. Uh, Joins us as we speak. Also a medical doctor, so I do have a couple of questions COVID-related for you. But, but, sir, taking a look at this as you are and taking a look at, at this vote that, uh, you know, is, is going to remove uh, Congressman uh, Cheney, is this the right move as you see it for the Republican Party? Well, I think we have to have a unified message. And so, you know, I understand where uh, Liz Cheney is coming from, from her perspective. Uh, she was given a second chance by the Republican conference and uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, with a vote at that time. But we have, Tony, we have to have a consistent Republican message. And you can't have leadership team, one of the members coming up and saying one thing, and then the other leadership member coming up and saying another. So I think, you know, for for a unifying message, and honestly, uh, for the Republican Party, Donald Trump has about a 90% approval rating or more still today. I, I've supported all of his policies. And so I think the message going into 2022 is being muddled by this, and it's a distraction. And therefore, I think that we probably should make a change. So let's talk about what this is. Of course, it's Congresswoman Liz Cheney who voted to impeach uh, then-President Donald Trump. I believe that this was a mistake. I am not someone who was sold on the idea that President Trump incited an insurrection. I think there are many things you might say about uh, during the election, uh, the lead-up to January 6th, and even after that, that you could agree or disagree with. But the idea of impeachment, I don't think it ever rose to that. I think this was a massive uh, mistake. Is it that and that alone? Or is it the idea that somehow she's not on board with what Republicans want to get done policy-wise? How much of this is Trump-specific versus more or, or a greater look at policy that Republicans want to see in place? No, I think uh, uh, Liz Cheney is in line with the Republicans on policy for the most part. I think it's personal with her. I think uh, President Trump and her father had a conflict. Uh, and so I think it's more personal. I think it's specific to President Trump. Um, Liz Cheney, I think, for the most part, is on board with what conservative Republicans believe is the right policy. 
but we just have to have a consistent message. We can't have two members of the leadership team um, saying different things. And honestly, what uh, Representative Cheney is saying is not in in touch with or in step with 90 percent of the Republicans that vote us into office. So I, I think it's more specifically related to President Trump. Um, and you just can't have a muddled message. You have to have consistency. And that's why I think we'll see what happens this week. But I do think after giving her a second chance to, um, you know, get in, get more in line with the party, that she's probably going to be replaced. But the muddled message is about Donald Trump. It's about whether or not there was a problem with the election. As you see it, sir, talking to Congressman Larry Bouchon of the 8th District of Indiana, what exactly is the muddled message? Well, the muddled message is that, uh, is that um, Representative Cheney, I don't think, feels like there were substantial election issues in certain states and that that was adjudicated and decided. And I think the other part of the message is many Republicans, including myself, know that there were substantial problems with the election. Look, I think President Biden is the legitimate president uh, based on what happened in the courts and based on uh, what happened uh, following that. But that said, I think that's the message that uh, Representative Cheney is carrying. Well, that's our process. There weren't substantial problems. So, you know, quit complaining about it. Don't try to address it. And that's just not the message that I think is coming from the Republican Party. I think you see that happening at the state level, Tony. You see states, uh, Governor DeSantis just signed into law some changes in Florida, for example. So that's the muddled message that um, that we don't need to address election security and that, um, you know, there was nothing wrong with the election and Donald Trump needs to quit uh, bringing up this issue. But I just don't think most Republicans uh, believe that. Uh, and that's that's what we uh, we have to get uh, consistency on. So when you speak to your constituents, as, as you talk to other members of Congress, there is absolutely a belief that while uh, maybe uh, not uh, to a certain degrees of this election was stolen, they take a look at places and say there are some problems here that we should address. Is it is it about addressing issues or is it about theft? No, I mean, I think we need to uh, address the issues at the state level. I mean, you know, right now. Democrats in Congress are trying to get through H.R. 1. Your listeners should see what's in that. They want to federally take over the elections. And the reality is, is I think states like Georgia, Florida, others are going to address the problems that we had in the last election. The main problem was, is that people changed election law without going through the legislative process, which you can argue is not constitutional. And that's my argument. That said, uh, we need to address those at the state level. And I think states are, are doing that. Democrats want to pass H.R. 1. They want to get rid of voter ID and all kinds of other things that will, will in their mind, keep them in power for a long time. So I, I think that most Republicans, and honestly a lot of Democrats, I mean, believe that there needs to be more done with election security based on what happened in this last election. Before I let you go, sir, I know that, that you're busy, you're up against it. Uh, the CDC director, uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Walensky, said that kids who are playing soccer should be wearing a mask because a group of 10-year-olds are often huddled around the ball and breathing on each other, and they have to wear a mask while playing soccer. You are a doctor. Do kids have to wear a mask while playing soccer, in your medical opinion? No. I mean, the CDC has had very inconsistent messages, uh, honestly, even in the previous administration. And I think 
on a lot of the American people have lost confidence in the CDC to to put out policy that's factually based on medicine versus politics. And so I think right now what the CDC is coming out, I mean, for example, I mean, duh, we can all go outside now without our masks on and talk to our friends and neighbors. I mean, we all kind of knew that for a long time. Unless you're Joe Biden. Joe Biden still has to wear a mask outside. Yeah, a double mask, in fact, sometimes. (laughs) You know, it's ridiculous. So, you know, another thing is, is children are not getting COVID, uh, the disease itself, and even if they do, it's been shown that there's essentially it's no worse than getting influenza or getting other some other uh, childhood respiratory diseases for children. So I think the CDC is playing a little bit of politics and they're all they're risk averse. They're afraid of the left going after them. Um, and they're putting out things that are not, I think, consistent with the medical facts. Congressman Larry Bouchon of the 8th District of Indiana, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a lot to do. Go do your work, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, This whole conversation about Liz Cheney, this is interesting. Right. This whole idea of of the muddled message, because that was a little bit of of insight into what what that is all about. You can't be pushing the idea that it's wrong to note problems in the election by saying that to discuss it is, quote unquote, the big lie, which I find a despicable bit of terminology anyway. That's it, it. The big lie. That's that's very uh, uh, Goebbels and, and, and Nazi and, and Holocaust and despicable. We shouldn't be using that terminology at all. But he 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 ain't wrong, baby. If you are just if you want to be able to discuss the facts and you've got a, a member of leadership saying no no we don't talk about that thing. It's like when remember when f- this was a mistake from Fox. Someone brought up. George Soros, and then all of a sudden we don't talk about George Soros. Why, why don't we talk about George Soros? Oh, because talking about George Soros and the causes that he donates to and the work he does to get secretaries of state uh, elected, that's anti-Semitism? No. Tell them, Tony, your Jewish friend, said it's absolutely fine to talk about George Soros. What are you, nuts? Of course it is. Of course it's fine to discuss what he's doing and the problems therein. And of course it is fine to discuss what happened in the election. Of course it's fine. It's a thousand percent fine. Don't be crazy. Don't be ridiculous. Much more to get into on Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. I've spent a lot of time talking about my pillow, and now Mike Lindell, he's done it again, introducing the new My Slippers. My Slippers took two years to develop. They ensure the highest quality and comfort. They're designed for all day indoor or outdoor wear. The My Slippers are made with quality leather suede and the exclusive three-tier cushioning system. This combines layers of My Pillow fill, impact gel, and comfort memory foam to absorb impact and relieve pressure. Your feet will never feel the same. Whether you prefer the moccasin or slip-on style, my slippers are available in a variety of colors and sizes. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new my slippers. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square, enter promo code Tony, or call 800-873-0758. And while you're there, take advantage of all the discounts on all the my pillow products, the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, the My Pillow Mattress Topper, the My Pillow Towel Sets. You can only save 40% on the new slippers with the promo code Tony. That's mypillow.com today. 
You don't have to miss any part of Tony Katz today. Solve that problem by subscribing to the podcast at Rumble.com. Rumble is a video sharing service like the Tube Guys, but they aren't playing around with demonetizing and deplatforming content they don't like. I'm on Rumble because Rumble.com allows me to be, well, me. Go to Rumble.com, search for Tony Katz, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, and subscribe today. That's Rumble.com. Search for Tony Katz and subscribe to the Tony Katz Today podcast. Enjoy it and share it every day. The Tony Katz Today podcast at Rumble.com. Weekends are not a time for politics or news or the craziness of the world. Weekends are a time for friends and family, pouring a well-crafted spirit and maybe smoking a luxurious cigar. Each week, Eat, Drink, Smoke reviews cigars and craft spirits and gives you news that will make you interested, not angry. Eat, Drink, Smoke with cigar aficionado Tony Katz and America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The perfect complement to your weekend activities. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. So maybe, uh, maybe I got it right about Bill and Melinda Gates. I shouldn't care about their divorce. It shouldn't matter to me that the founder of Microsoft is getting divorced from his wife of 27 years, right? We should not care. But I guess when there's $145 billion at play, you kind of pay a little more attention, I guess. I guess that's the way it is. Tony Katz, it's great to be with you guys. Tony Katz today, always an absolute pleasure. Well, first came the story, and and I said there's something about the story that's odd to me. Something doesn't hit right about how it was announced and explained and, and, and all that jazz. Uh, and, and, and then it was, of course, we heard that, that Bill Gates once a year would get together with an ex-girlfriend for the weekend. Oh, they would just take walks on the beach and you talk about, you know, technology. Oh, oh, oh okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with being friendly with, with, your, with your ex. I think that's, that's absolutely okay. You go live your life. But then the headline was, uh, you know, of course, everything about this divorce was friendly. We just we just ha- can't grow together anymore. So we're going to grow separately. But we're still going to work at the foundation together and everything is fine. It's not fine. The source is saying it's not a friendly split, that it's a long time in the making. Right. That that they, 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 this has been coming on now for a great number of years and a lot of acrimony. Okay, that happens too. Well, don't lie about things. People are going to find out. This started when uh, uh, what, what's her name? The Goop Girl. What's the name of the Goop Girl? What? With the website Goop, blonde uh, actress uh, married to the Coldplay dude. What's what's Gwyneth her name? Paltrow? What, Gwyneth Paltrow. Th- Gwyneth. That was Goop. Yeah, she's Goop. Oh, dude, I just threw that name out there. What a great guess. Yeah, yeah, she was she was Goop. She was the one, and she wasn't getting divorced. It was a conscious uncoupling, and we were all like, "Would you just stop talking with your face and your mouth and your whatnot?" It's a divorce. That's what it is. 
I don't want people getting divorced. I want them to find a way. I want them to lead happy lives. But it's not a conscious uncoupling. Right? Don't be don't be silly. I that was weird. This is this is weird. Don't say that everything's fine when things aren't fine. The court documents say that in the petition their marriage is irretrievably broken. And while there is no prenup in place, they're going to divide assets according to a separation agreement. Now, they married in 1994. They met when she was working for Microsoft as a production manager and product manager in 87. Now, here's, here's, here's the, 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 the question. What does she get? It's California. Does she get half? Yeah. I, I'm, I want to say for the record... She doesn't deserve half. She was instrumental in Microsoft. No, 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 no. Mackenzie Bezos may have been instrumental. There is nothing that tells me that Melinda Gates was instrumental. I. That's not what I've heard. When it, when it was Bill Gates not showering for three days in a row, where she wasn't there with a sponge to say, here, let me take care of that for you. So how instrumental was she? Instrumental. What kind of craziness is this? Right. What what what's the name of the uh, of the partner there? Gwyneth Paltrow. No, it's not Gwyneth Paltrow. I can't remember his name. Um, the guy who dances like a like it's a Steve fool. Ba- it's Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. He was instrumental. She was not. You know how I know this. She was a product manager. And while you may need a good product manager, that's not instrumental in the creation of the thing. Instrumental was IBM saying, nah, we don't need to buy you. He offered it up. Here, buy my company. I'll take a million dollars, please. And IBM said, (laughs) we wear blue ties. We don't need to buy you. We're IBM. And now they don't even make computers, nor typewriters, nor anything. I mean, they're still around. Don't get me wrong. No, she's not instrumental. Just so we're clear, I'm going to put an end to that. Now, by the way, I could be proven wrong. I mean, I you, are, totally you are wrong. I just, I want this on the record. Prove, prove me wrong. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. If you tell me she had something to do with the evolution of some part of Windows, I'll say to you, well, set a gun. She was instrumental. It's not how I know the story. This brings us over to PayPal. And the weirdness that you, through PayPal, you can purchase uh, crypto, but you don't actually own the crypto you buy. And I don't understand how in the world that's remotely possible. So using PayPal, which I can't do on my PayPal app, you can buy cryptocurrency, right? Everybody's now getting into crypto, and of course, you're seeing Dogecoin go through the roof. And that's because uh, uh, Elon Musk, who plays around in Dogecoin, is going to be on Saturday Night Live on Saturday, right? And they, they figure something's going to come of it, and then the whole thing may crash again. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But in the FAQ, frequently asked questions. It is said that the company explains that, quote, the crypto in your account cannot be transferred to other accounts on or off PayPal. Well, does does that mean that I can't sell it when I want to sell it? 
I, I can't. Can I take it off PayPal? And I can't move it to an, uh, another wallet. Customers can't move their Bitcoin to cold storage, nor can they transfer tokens to a wallet outside of the PayPal ecosystem. That is messed up. The whole purpose is to be able to to, to have this, certainly in terms of the safety and security of the blockchain. But of course you want to move it. Some people use a ledger wallet and the whole thing is offline, literally on a piece of hardware. You got to plug it in in order to get access. That's the way they feel safe and secure. I'm not one of those people. But then again, I don't play in levels of, of, of crypto the way other people do. But you don't actually have control of it. You can't do with it what you will. That's messed up. That is very, 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 very messed up. By the way, if you ever want to send me any crypto, feel free. Just a, just put that solicit out there. What the heck? Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. talking earlier about this New Jersey police officer who got fired and this requires a little more headspace than I think we're giving it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. The story is from a place called Hopewell Township. Now I grew up in New Jersey and I'm not exactly sure where Hopewell Township New Jersey is. Right? I know there's a Hope, New Jersey. I know there's a Howell, New Jersey. Didn't know. It's in, uh, it's in Mercer County. For those of you who might be looking on a map, I do love a good map. And this officer uh, got fired. By the way, Mercer County, it's like southern New Jersey. It's, it's closer to Trenton. And a very cool town called Lambertville. V- very, very cool hip town. At least it used to be. This officer gets fired because she called Black Lives Matter protesters terrorists on Facebook. She is the first woman that I think was hired by this department, and she's the first woman to be uh, a, a, a sergeant when she got promoted in 2019. And she, the post supposedly says, reportedly says, Fox News with the reporting, last night as I left for work, I had my two kids crying for me not to go to work. I don't think I've ever felt that the way I did last night. And then I watch people I know and others I care about going into harm's way. I love my police family like my own. So when you share posts and things on Facebook, I'd really appreciate if you think before doing so. I've seen so many Black Lives Matter hashtags. In these posts, just to let you know, they are terrorists. They hate me. They hate my uniform. They don't care if I die. Now, just because someone's using a hashtag doesn't make them a terrorist. But there is no doubt that Black Lives Matter or in the name of Black Lives Matter, people have gone about terrorizing citizens and police officers across the country. That's I don't even think that's a... 
Like, that's not a far-fetched statement. That's not even a statement of incitement. That's not even a wow or whoa, Tony. That's fact. We have got so many examples. We, We can clearly say that this is true. Trying to intimidate people into speaking, trying to uh, blocking traffic, pulling weapons on people, which happened in my beloved Indianapolis. This has happened. But not everybody who uses the hashtag is is part of that. They could be using it for a whole series of reasons. Certainly, we have seen that there are people who try not to connect to the organization when having this discussion. Unfortunately, they can't do that. When I first started discussing Black Lives Matter as a Marxist organization, which is it, which it is, right? Patrice Cullors is a trained Marxist. It's, it's her organization. They believe in the end of Western civilization. They don't believe in the nuclear family. They have deleted those things from their, from their website because it was becoming a little too problematic for them. They believe in, in a redistribution of wealth, which well, all Marxists do because Marxism leads to communism. And this isn't even in the ether. This isn't an, oh, Tony. People who do that want to not have the conversation because they all want it to be about injustice. No, an injustice conversation is about injustice. This is about something completely different. If people won't accept that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization, they're not prepared to have the conversation. Dismiss those people when they call you names. Dismiss them again. They don't count. They're unserious folk. But do you get fired for such a thing? Do you get fired for saying this? Her department let her go. Now, there's a lawsuit, and they're going to try and get her back, uh, you know, uh, reinstated on the force. They've been called, uh, not only this woman, but another woman been called outstanding and and decorated officers because another woman got suspended. Another officer. Does the officer have the right to say such a thing? I believe the officer has a right to say such a thing. I believe that the township or the police department can say, uh, don't say those things on social media. And if you say to me, how dare you try and silence her? I'm not trying to silence the officer. I'm trying to be rational about what's going on. There is in the radio world, uh, radio trades, right? And there's a uh, there's a um, radio consultant uh, by the name of Michael McVeigh, who you may have never heard of uh, before. That's that's totally fine. And McVeigh is is has put out a piece called "Social Media: Mistakes Talent Make." And it's all about the idea that no response is sometimes the best response. We have seen. Radio hosts lose their jobs because of comments on social media. Now, yes, they're usually on the political right. I'm not disagreeing with that unfortunate bit of reality. That Joy Reid, for all her bigotry, still has a job? This woman lied about insulting gay people on a blog and said she was hacked. Joy Reid, by the way, is down a spiral. Talk about a life of misery misery that she must live 
But the point is, is that as he, 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 he makes it, right, you know, that if you, you discuss an old adage that says whoever controls the microphone has the last word, that's not true in social media. If someone feels they can pull you into a social war, they will pepper you with negative or contrary comments just to get a reaction uh, out of you. Well, the same goes for what they can utilize your comments for. Remember, I had this experience regarding Joe Biden. I was on Fox and I was discussing it was when they were talking about turning off the microphones. And I was discussing the fact that you could have a situation where they turn off the microphone for Donald Trump. Joe Biden is speaking, but Donald Trump can be interrupting him. And then you'd have Joe Biden losing his train of thought, Joe Biden having to deal with Trump next to him, and then he wouldn't be able to get his points across. And you'd have him, you know, stammering his way through as he's trying to deal with the interruptions from Donald Trump. How I said it, however, not as clean, was that you'll have Trump still talking, Biden trying to get a word out. Is this what you want, a stuttering Joe Biden? And people said I was making fun of the way Joe Biden speaks. I was making fun of his stutter. I must have gotten 20,000 tweets calling me fat, telling me I had beaver teeth. I swear to you, I don't understand the beaver teeth one whatsoever. Uh, These are my teeth. And by the way, uh, fat shaming is wrong unless you do it to a conservative, in which case, totally fine. Good. It's not, oh, these people have no morals. They have no morals whatsoever. They remember they do what's good for them. They don't do what is what is supposed to be good and decent all the way around. They don't do that. They never, ever, ever do that. And all I did was delete people on social media and kept on going. People tried to invent something that wasn't there. The best argument you can make is, hey, Tony, that sounds like you could could sound like you're insulting him. Be be careful of that. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, be careful of that. That's absolutely true. Was I going to explain to these people that my younger brother had a stutter to the day he died? Do you think they were? Do you think those people were worth my time? Our time? Of course not. Everything you say can and will be used against you in the court of public opinion. And that public opinion adds to levels of insane pressure because the woke folk are rabid and other people are weak. There's layers to this thing and it's not just cut and dry. Why that cop would feel the need to share this is, is on social media is nonsense. But has Black Lives Matter as an organization and, and, and their, their minions with Antifa terrorized people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Goes without saying. And to say otherwise is, is, um, well, is, is, is radical. Is absolutely positively radical, to say the least. So I, I, I want this cop reinstated. I want police departments to stand up for police officers. I think, I, think it's, I think it's important. Right? You take a look at what's going on in Florida. Here's Ron DeSantis saying that others may defund cops, but not us. Well, the people that wear the uniform, they didn't have that luxury, okay? They were out there every single day, uh, our, our police, our fire, our EMTs, uh, and they had to work more than they ever have 
uh, not just to deal uh, with uh, protecting us uh, when the pandemic hit, but then obviously uh, how police were treated last year in many parts of the country was a total disgrace. And, uh, and they had to put the uniform on. Yes, they knew that the state of Florida had their back, and I think we did much better in Florida. Uh, but if you look at what a lot of these police officers are dealing with now, um, it's terrible. So I thought it was important to recognize the service, uh, to recognize the sacrifice. Uh, and I asked the legislature in this legislative session, we need to do bonuses uh, for law enforcement. Some wanted to fund... <laughs> Some wanted to fund the police. We're funding the police and then some. And that's what we're here today to say. Well, that's the kind of backup you desperately want. And police officers deserve the backup. Just as we take bad cops and remove them from the force, just like we should bad teachers or bad employees uh, rationally. There's so much in this, in this story about what you should or shouldn't do social media-wise. And I know what you're saying. I hear you. They seem to be able to do it. Well, when's the last time we took a look at a company that got decided to get woke, and as a group of people said, we're never buying your product again. I know, it's a boycott. I hate boycotts, but they work. When's the last time we worked to actually apply pressure in an absolutely intense way? And where are we to call up that police department there in Hopewell, New Jersey, and say, what are you doing? You could ask her not to post things on social media. You could have something within your code not to post something on social media. You don't fire somebody for it. What are you, nuts? That's not what you do. A million things you can do. You don't fire good cops because of some post. But none of that has happened. None of that has happened. I think that some of it should. Supporting police officers is extremely important right now, and they deserve it. Bad cops deserve to go. Black Lives Matter and Antifa have terrorized American citizens. Anybody who says otherwise is simply lying. I'm Tony Katz. The Biden administration is saying that we should do away with patents on COVID vaccines. Uh, We're a bit backwards sometimes in America. Tony Katz, great to be with you. They are supporting the idea for waiving IP protections, which is patents, for coronavirus vaccines. And what the waiver would do would allow the vaccine to be produced and distributed more broadly around the world. Says who? That's a weird, weird thing to say because it's not necessarily true, now is it? If you say to me, hey, uh, you, uh, Pfizer, who built this vaccine, uh, you don't have a patent anymore. We just, whoop, whoop, gone. Does it mean some other organization is going to be able to make it properly? Who said you couldn't get more production out of Pfizer, out of Moderna, out of Johnson & Johnson? 
Now, patents do eventually expire. And you can argue that money was put into these companies to get this thing going and regulations moved and everything else. But the money that was put in was really the pre-orders, right? It was the money to say, okay, we're going to buy this vaccine from you. Now go about doing it. They actually had to go about doing it. All their man hours, all their minds, all of that infrastructure. Do you think that happens overnight? The billions upon billions of dollars it takes to make this happen? The answer is it takes a tremendous amount of money. The answer is that it takes time and talent. Why shouldn't they be able uh, to, to, for lack of a better word, because it's the right word, profit off of that? When you take a look at how the New York Times put it, Pfizer reaps hundreds of millions in profits from COVID vaccine. Reaps. Look at them benefiting from your pain. Look how quickly they went back to hating Big Pharma. I mean, it's, it's, it's madness. Big Pharma saved the world. Oh, that, that group that, that, that everybody hates, and oh my gosh, they're terrible. Oh my gosh, they're abusing people. And oh, look, they're, they're not having insulin for free or this or that. We should, we should socialize this and we should nationalize that. Be sure to understand that the socialist nations didn't create anything. They didn't create a vaccine. We did. They didn't create the therapeutics. We did. America did. When do you start realizing there's something better about what we do and how we do it? It's just better. They reaped the profits. As David Harsanyi wrote at National Review, it's a good piece. All the company had to do was create a safe drug that effectively alleviated the threat of the most deadly virus we faced in over a century. One responsible for hundreds of thousands of American deaths and a cost of trillions in economic damage. And then manufacture and dispense hundreds of millions of doses in the shortest span of any vaccine ever created. And now they should be punished. If you want to know why I am not a leftist, why I don't vote for Democrats, why I repudiate liberalism as it is today, not classic liberalism, but this progressivism, it's this. If you want to know how diseased the New York Times is as an organization that is not involved in journalism, it's this. This is who they are and who they are sucks it's very ugly I don't mind the Pfizer profits I have no problem with it whatsoever and the people who've gotten the vaccine and are healthy because of it and and feel that it's done them good uh, the words you're looking for are thank you Pfizer I'm Tony Katz tomorrow everyone